Hey, this is the coach, Brendan Sir, with a, another edition of our Coaching You podcast. Uh, real treat today in having you listen to uh, an, an interview and a podcast I did with Jay last Friday prior to his game on Saturday with Georgetown. After winning that game, the Wildcats of Villanova are 28-3, and a heck of a regular season. In this podcast, which I did with Jay because I, I read his book, Attitude, Developing a Winning Mindset on and off the court, which was released last week, which I know uh, all of our listeners at Coaching You uh, are going to want to get. It's a fantastic book about coaching, about leadership, about developing a family, and developing a culture for your team. It's great for coaches, it's great for business people, it's great for parents. I think you'll really enjoy the book. During our podcast, I got to ask Jay about several things. Number one, I was curious about how he was approaching the the opportunity to go back-to-back, which I've experienced with the Pistons, and I know how hard it is, and how he sought out advice from different coaches who have also experienced it and how they went about it. I also wanted to find out how he created this incredible family culture at Villanova, where I think they have an unusual and diverse set of kids that really have bought into a family-type atmosphere. How does he go about recruiting these kind of players? What's his secret sauce to that? I then wanted to find out from Jay What have you learned about coaching since you've been a coach? He developed a style of play which is now used so much in the NBA with teams like Golden State, four-round one. I wanted to find out where that all evolved from. Took it back to the days at Hofstra. Also asked him, why does he coach? I think you'll find that this is one of the most fascinating and interesting podcasts that I've ever done at Coaching You. Please Sit back and enjoy Jay Wright. Jay, welcome. Thank you for doing this. Always good to talk to you, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Well, first of all, uh, many congratulations on last year's national championship. Uh, it was it was very special, and any basketball fan I know loved that game. It was one of the great games that any of us ever saw. It was, uh, thank you, buddy. I'll tell you what, it, it was fun to be a part of it. You know, and as you know, you've been a part of so many great games and teams. You, you don't, you, you never know when you're going to be a part of one of those. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, um, when it's over, you sit back and just think, wow, that, that was an incredible game. But I have to admit, during the game, I was thinking, like, this is an awesome game. Like, you know, <laughs> they went up. We went up. They took the lead at halftime. We took it back. They came back. We get it at the end. I mean, just a great basketball game at any level. And I really was thinking of even when Paige hit that shot, that crazy shot to tie it. For a second, I really thought, Wow, as great a game as this is, it's probably going to go into overtime. Holy jeez, this is incredible. And, and I was uh, happy, we, we I really was did get to enjoy that. it. 
I was happy to go to overtime because I was loving the game and I wanted to see more. Like you know, not like you, but I wanted to see. Yeah, more. I, yeah, I was not thinking that way, but I hear you. I get but, it though. Uh, yeah, but let me let me say this. I, you know, you know, I've been doing this is my forty fourth year of coaching and been blessed to be with Yubi Fratello and you know and Chuck and Lenny Wilkins and all these guys and and I just can't get enough of reading. And learning, still learning. I'm on a journey of still learning about yeah. coaching and about people and leadership. And every book that comes out that I either like the guy, like the content, I got to get it. And so when I saw that he came out with the book, I went and got it immediately. And and I, I got to tell you, brother, it's so hard to write a book. And you guys did a fabulous job on this. This is this should be a must reading for any student at any college in the country. Forget what your major is because you're learning about leadership and about life and about culture and about teams. Congratulations on that. Thank you, Brendan. I appreciate it. That means a lot to you because I know you do read them all. <laughs> that's why we all that's why we all follow you because we can't read them all and then we just see what you we just follow you and see what a, you learn from them. We just I, steal it from you. To, I've had a lot of time to read this year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what? So all these things came out to me as I'm as I'm reading and studying. I, I said I got a million questions. I, I got to talk to Jay when this is done. And then I was so excited when you wanted to be able to be part of this because then I can now ask. And so we're going to have seventy-five to one hundred thousand coaches around the country, around the world, really listen to our podcast. So I'm thankful for that because we provide a learning opportunity for them. And one of the things that I really got from this is that you believe so strongly in what I think is one of the biggest things about creating a culture from your team. And that's what really every family, every business needs to do. And Villanova, from back when Rolly or whatever, it's always been about family. Uh, how do you? I know it's a huge process, and I know we could spend a seminar for a whole day on it. But give me like a little brief thing about the how you to go about your culture there. Yeah, the family has been a, a big part of it, but it, it, it's got to start, um, you know. And I did learn a lot of this from Coach Massimino. It's got to start with the leadership, and, and whatever group you're a part of, if, if you have a if you have a chance to be a leader, if you have a chance to be a leader of men or women, um, what you really have a chance to do. Is is define how we're going to live, you know, not not how not just how we're going to play basketball or you know not how we're going to practice, but how we're going to live, and that, that's really the, the the basis of your culture. Um, once you once you define that and and you bring people in that that uh, that want to learn that and want to be a part of that, then you build from from there. How are we going to practice? You know, how are we going to play in games? But it starts with how are we going to live? How are we going to treat each other? How are we going to wake up every day? What, when we wake up every day, our most important characteristic is our attitude. That's why we call the book Attitude, and we try to teach our guys mm-hmm. that, that that we control that every day. You know, how we walk in the office and, you know, say hello to each other, and um, how we treat the, the person that that cleans the, the the offices and empties the trash cans and cleans the locker room and how we treat the manager that that dives on the floor to wipe up the sweat and make sure the players say thank you to them. We, we we have to define that as leaders and then every day we have to be the keepers of the flame and we gotta make sure that that it remains that way, you know, and that 
people don't come from you don't bring people in that change it you know the people that come in they have to learn and and accept it you know so um that that's kind of the the basis of uh, of our culture that is so powerful jay let me ask you this so uh in recruiting at the this level is just incredible it's very competitive and yeah. so hard to do and the kids that we're dealing with uh are, and I hate to use this. They're not like when we grew up. And, I, yeah. and that's okay, though. That's okay. Yeah. That is okay. But they're different, and they have such outside influences. Uh, and you're trying to really say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really tr- raise you the right way. If you haven't had the benefit of a great mom and dad, I'm gonna try to provide that for you while you're here in our family. Uh, so, in your selection of talent process. What are the important things to be part of to be a villain of a wildcat? Well, Brendan, you hit on a lot of great points. Like I said, I knew this was going to happen when I talked to you, and we could go three hours <laughs> on all this stuff. And we usually do when we see each other. Recruiting. We would do. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. Um, I'm not saying we and – and I wanted to make this point in the book that I'm not saying that we always had this down right, and I'm not saying that it's perfect now. We We have to keep learning because – the one thing that's definite in life is change, and um, mm-hmm. things change. And for you and me, part of our challenge is we know what kids used to be like. We knew we know what we used to be like. But a lot of the guys that are recruiting against us now, they the guys that they're recruiting are that's normal to them. You know, they don't they don't have any they don't have the expectations we had from the other guys. That's part of our challenge, right? So I had to learn mm-hmm. that too over the years and so when we're recruiting we're really looking for obviously the uh, the talent level that, that we need and then once we do that we're looking at the people around them because um, everyone it, it's not like it used to be where uh, a parent sends his kid to you you're the coach and tells his kid do what the coach says the, everyone's involved now so we have, we have to make sure we sit down with the parents, we sit down with the AU coach, we sit down with any other people in their circle um, and explain to them what Villanova is all about and, and explain to them what our culture is and really not try to convince them but say, do you think that culture is best for your son or your student or your player? And, and if you do, if you think, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to tell you what it is, and if if you believe in it, then you got to let them fail. You got to let them struggle, and you got to let us work it out. We'll, we'll communicate with you, but we're telling you what it is up front. And our goal is for him to be the best student, the best man, and the best player he can be at the end. That's our goal. It's not simply to make him an NBA player. If he if he we want him to want to be an NBA player. If he don't want to be an NBA player, we don't want him. But we also mm-hmm. want him to be the best student, the best person. And if you don't think that's important then you know don't don't send them to Villanova and most of them won't you know and and so I think it's our responsibility as leaders we know what the culture is we know who's going to be successful there when we're dealing with kids we got to make sure we pick the ones that are going to be successful and don't mislead them to get them there and then once they get there try to get them to buy in to the culture we have to know from our experience, that they're going to enjoy it and be successful there. Yeah, that that is powerful. 
I think now we talk about all the time, and this is why I really love this book, the IY generation, as a friend of mine, Tim Elmore, says, who's an expert on this, and millennials, but the IY generation for the iPad, the, the iPhone, all those kids, the, 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 this generation of people that we that we have as our players, college and MBA, you, the parents of these kids, business leaders that work with these young people that go like up to age 33, uh, and coaches. Uh, you have become an expert of how to deal with this age group. What's the basis of that? Um, well, I appreciate that. I don't know. I don't know if I'm an expert because I'm trying to. I, I'm trying to learn every day, and I think it's important. Absolutely. As, yeah. as you said, you know, as you said, and and for us, you know, for my generation, your gener, our generation, it's it's even more important that we keep learning every day because. We are, in a way, affected by our previous expectations and the way, you know, you know, my parents sent me to college and they, that's your coach and if things don't work out, you work it out, you know, you, and that's where you're staying, you know, you, but we have to learn what, what this generation is, what these kids think and, and what they, a lot of them think is, if I go somewhere and it doesn't work out right away for me individually, I'm leaving. I'm going somewhere else. So that's just the way, and it's the way they came up in high school. And and I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm 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 just saying it's what it is. So we we have to we set up our roster that way, so that um, it's just one example in in that we know that's what your approach is going to be. So we we're trying to show you here's your path. All right, we want you to be successful. If you're successful, here is going to be your path and at Villanova. And we're counting on you to be successful. So it's a partnership. You've got to put in the effort and the trust in us, and we've got to put the time and the work in with you and the trust in you. Now, you know, if you get to your sophomore year and we're saying you should be a big part of this by sophomore year and you're not, we're all going to fail. Because we're not going to have all these other guys, we're counting on you. So it's a we we try to create a partnership that we're in this together, and your individual success and our team success is bonded together. And and if again that's if you don't want that, you know, so many freshmen talk about oh, how many minutes am I going to play? Well, mm-hmm. we're saying all right, you're going to play, but we you know we're, we've won four straight championships here. You got to play good enough to win a championship. If you're playing those minutes, you got to be a good enough player that's going to help us win championships. So there's a there's a responsibility on both sides here, and we we try to educate the guys while recruiting them about that that relationship. Wow, I think that's the big thing. When you everyone now, you know, I'm a huge fan of Golden State just because I love the way they play, and I think most coaches are. They, you know, and, and, but you you started a style of play I think years ago with a four round one style that many coaches weren't doing. How did you come upon playing that style of play way before other people did? You know what, Brendan? More I would love to give you a genius. I would love to give you a genius coach's answer, but I, I tell you. We we um, we were at uh, Hofstra University, and uh, Bob Hurley was coaching at uh, St. Anthony's, 
and we'd always be recruiting their players, and I'd go watch them play, and they'd have four little guards, and they'd come play Long Island Lutheran. You know, remember Long Island Lutheran? They'd, yeah. And they'd all these big, you know, all these big guys that were Division One recruits, and they would kill them because the little guards were just better basketball players. But all those, all those big guys, they Long Island Lutheran would have like three big guys. Each one of them would go to a top university and play. But when you had three of them together out there, the, the four little guys were killing them. So, you know, I started saying to myself, why are we trying to get all these big guys when they're just better basketball players? So, and we're at Hofstra. We can't get, we can't get the top big guys. So we, we, we said, like, let's just try to get the best basketball players we can be. They're probably going to be smaller because if they're big, they're going to go to St. John's or back then see the mm-hmm. Providence. Everybody was coming to New York. But there was a lot of great players in New York then. And – we started getting – we had Speedy Claxton, Jason Hernandez, yep. um, uh, uh, Norman Richardson, Ricky Apodaca. Now, those four guards, yep. guards were our starters with Roberto Gittins, a six-seven center. But um, Norman played in the NBA. Speedy played in the NBA. Ricky Apodaca played on the uh, Puerto Rican Olympic team. Jason Hernandez yep. is coaching with the – he played professionally in Puerto Rico and Spain, and he's coaching professionally in – um, with the Orlando Magic. So those four guys were, rather than having four bigs that might go individually and play for somebody, those four guards were great players. And no matter who you put on the floor against them, um, you know, they were going to be a better basketball player. They might not get, they might get out rebounded one or two possessions, but they were better basketball players. And it was purely out of, we just couldn't get the other guys. We couldn't get the other big guys. So it worked and we stuck with it. That that's and that's and that's fabulous. And I think I don't know understand why more people don't do it. There's more of those little guys. But and I remember when you played our friend Billy Donovan in the NCAA tournament, and you had all those little guards, and he couldn't guard you people. Yep, and it's it's great. Hey, I mean, what's it's interesting a, though, President, yeah, about that? Yeah. That's a great that's a great example. Um, we played them in the NCAA tournament, um, yep. and. Uh, and we played them in the second round, and you're right. It's exactly what it was. We just we had Kyle Lowry and Randy Foy and Alan Ray, and we and they had uh, Lee, um, the kid that's in the NBA, Lee, and Noah was young, and and we sliced them. But the, what they the next year we played them again in the final eight, and they did. And this is they won a national championship. This is why they had bigger guy bigger guys at each spot. But they were all skilled. Like Joakim Noah could get out and guard these guys and keep them in front of them. They had uh, Horford on that team. Yeah. So if you can get the big guys that are skilled and mobile, yeah, you're going to beat those little guys. And they did. They beat us. But they they learned from the year before, and, and they they got a, they got the same guys, but they just got a year older and better basketball players and, and more mobile. Okay, let's talk about learning. Uh, been through this, and I listened to some of your interviews this week. I thought were great on what have you learned about trying to go back to back. Yeah, um, I tell you, one of the things it's still a work. It's still in progress. I obviously, you know, yeah, um, a work in progress. One of, the, one of the main things that was consistent of every great coach, um, in some way, they explained to me there is a hangover. Don't. Don't think you know, you're going to be the first guy that comes up with some, 
you know, incredible way to, to, to eliminate this hangover. Um, and that was the most consistent thing anybody said. And, and it's really true. And, and how you define that hangover that, you know, they're all, it, it's just, it's, it's a constant distraction. Um, here's a couple of examples. Like in July, our team, our entire team and coaching staff in July is at the Emmys in LA, you know, cause we got, we got nominated sure. for three, three, uh, um, uh, ESPYs, not the Emmys, sorry, the ESPYs. We got nominated for three ESPYs. So all the other teams are out recruiting at that time for players for the next couple of years. My staff is at the ESPYs. All the other teams are working out in the summer preparing for the next year. Our team is still celebrating the previous year. And everything you do this year, you, know, you go to every game and people talk to you about, we're playing Georgetown tomorrow. Um, people are, you know, I'm talking to you right now, right? And our players are talking about, you know, are answering questions about repeating. Can we repeat? When all our concentration should be on Georgetown. And we def- we talk about this all the time with our guys. Every game we play, every week we start practice, we have different distractions than everybody else in the country. Let's Let's admit it. Let's identify it. Let's deal with it. And let's make sure that we work harder on concentrating on our next game, our next practice, than anybody else does because no one else has the challenge that we do. Don't complain about it. Don't use it as an excuse. Let's identify it and attack it. Well, that's good. You know, one of the keys of dealing with that generation that we talk about, that age group is telling them the truth, what you're doing. That's great. That is fantastic. Let me ask you this. What have you learned about coaching that you didn't know before? Uh, you know, I, I, every year, as you know, we, we learn, and that's what I love about what you do there. I mean, you, you help us all learn, and, and you keep learning. But um, this year, so this year, um, we have, we've had a lot of injuries. We have, uh, we have three players out with season engine, two of them starters with season-ending injuries, and then a third player who was a freshman, but it's a body in practice. We've always been out. Uh, we've always taken great pride in that our practices are harder than the games, and we, we want to make sure that we do that. We, we've only had six scholarship guys in practice sometimes, sometimes yeah. seven, and we just haven't been able to do it. So it's forced me and our staff to be creative in running practices and still, tr- but still trying to maintain our core values. And we've had, if you would compare our practices this year to our practices in any previous year, you would say this would be the worst year of practice we've ever had. But in terms of how we like to practice, but we've been effective in keeping our team in get on game day, um, sticking to our core values. Not where I'd like them to be, but I, and I'll give you a quick example here where we screwed this up. Daniel Chefu, one of our players from last year's place for the Wizards, came back for the All-Star break, and he practiced with us. Hmm. And we got one of our other guys, uh, one of our former players, Mike Nardi, in practice. And then one of our injured guys was able to practice those days. Since then, he can't. But we had we added three guys to practice. Well, all of a sudden, we could go five on five two days before our last Butler game. We're having great practices, and I'm I'm all fired up, and I'm like, this is, and I'm yelling to the guys like, this is what this is what we do. This is a Villanova practice. Now we're playing Villanova basketball. Two straight days, 
before the Butler game, we're warming up before Butler. My assistant's coming in like, Coach, our guys are shot. They're dead. And I got so into having good practices, I killed the guys. Now, Butler played great against us, and they had already beat yeah. us before anyway. But it was part of it, and i got to admit that as a coach. I learned, I really learned that there are, you can prepare your team without having killer practices. You, you can, and I never knew how to do it, but I do now. You love Chuck Daly, you know, as I yeah, did. And still, man, you know, and I, yeah, and, I, you know, and, you know, and I, I was coached in high school by Uwe Brown, you know, worked with Fratello for years, loved Mike. And, and then all of a sudden when I go to Chuck, it's like, 360 different, <laughs> but it's but it's like I'm now going for my PhD. This guy, yeah. I, I lived everything that you and Mike said. That was that was like you know Daddy Mass to you, and yeah. and I, that was my whole foundation. And all of a sudden, Chuck's like different stuff, and I'm saying this is interesting. I'm learning, you know. And yeah. one of the things he said to me was, I remember Riley was such a great coach, and Pat would practice two and a half, three hours, and he would. And Chuck would take laugh and say, "Guys, we're going to go 45 minutes today. We're playing till yeah. mid June. We're playing till mid June. I'm going to keep your legs for you." Yeah. And it was just that little message to them: "I'll keep you ready, and we're going to be ready to play till June. I'm not going to yeah. worry out in practice." And I'm going, "You guys, genius! He's an yeah. absolute genius." And and that's that stuff. Let me ask you this final question: Why do you coach? You know, it has changed each, you know, it's changed probably, you know, throughout our career. It's been different reasons, but I, I think um, at this point in our career, I I really love the challenge of getting a group of guys to buy in, uh, buy into each other and commit to each other and believe that, um by me committing to our core values, I'm going to be the best individual I can be. It's it, I, I just I love the challenge. I uh, and I love the guys. You know, we've made sure we surround ourselves with good guys, and, and I really love coming in that day. Like, how do we get a little bit better today at trusting each other, believing in our core values? How do we just get a little better today? And it's uh, and I feel so fortunate that I have that chance to do it every day. Um, uh, whereas in the past, you know, I would look at like oh, I want to, you know, I want our team to be, I want these guys to be pros, you know, I want these guys to be champions. I want now it's just like that'll all take care of itself if we come in every day and just find how do we, how do we get everybody a little bit better individually? How do we get everybody to believe in what we're doing a little bit more, one day at a time? Well, you know, I mean, just talking to so many people out there at every level, uh, you are at what I call the next level of thinking, Jay. And, and for that, I commend you because you are coaching for the right reasons. And therefore, the ones that benefit are your players. And so that's powerful Thanks, stuff. This well, I learned a lot from you, incredible. too, and I pre well, appreciate coaching you, man. We love it. Uh, uh, you know, I just need about 30, 40 more years to keep learning. I got so much more to go, but I'm going to keep that. You know, but hey, I wish you luck with Georgetown tomorrow. And again, at the, end, at the conference tournament next week, the Great Big East. Love that league. And, uh, and again, the SA tournament uh, for you and the Villanova team. Really best of luck. Look forward to seeing you down the road. 
Good luck, buddy. Thanks a lot, and thanks for what you do for all of us.